0: And welcome back to the podcast. Pleasure to be here with athletic director of Rice University, Dr. Joe Carlgaard. We have a, uh, another fun, informative show on tap. We have a long time, very successful defending conference champion volleyball coach Jenny Volpe. I will let uh, Joe and her talk about the meat of things, but she's got a big trip with her team coming up in the next few weeks that they will I'm sure touch on uh, coming up here. And we'll also have our fan Q&A segment. Uh, if you'd like to email in the future, riceathletics at rice.edu. But leading off with the boss man, great to uh, see you again. And as always, it seems like no matter when we do these discussions, it's a busy time of year. So maybe the middle of summer it wouldn't be, but how are things right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're, we're wrapping up the, uh, the end of the fiscal year. And so there's, you know, there's always some busyness in June. Uh, and then we get to July and I think for most ADs across the country, July is more of a downtime. And then you, you kick up practices for fall sports in uh, August. So we get a little bit of time off here, but, um, it's been a busy spring, our springs, uh, with, you know, all the different sports we have going on and, and, uh, the postseason opportunities that we typically have are, are usually very busy here at Rice.
0: On the baseball side of things, uh, Coach Braga's first year, uh, it was streaky in a lot of senses, but I think uh, still a lot to be uh, proud of. Um, If I remember correctly, about five wins, five, six wins over top 25 teams. But um, your thoughts on what Coach Braga did in his his first season?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, he's he's, – taking us in a in a new direction. I think the philosophy of the program is going to be a bit different uh, moving forward. Um, You know, I think he's he's really going to rely on more of a power game than we have in the past. And the way that I'm seeing the recruiting unfold over the next couple years, I think we'll be able to achieve that. Um, But with that new philosophy, it's you're bound to see some inconsistency as we saw this year. And uh, we also had thin margins for error, you know, losing a couple of uh, key members of our pitching staff throughout the year, I think, uh, put a little bit more stress on our bullpen than we otherwise would have liked. And, uh, you know, we had some injuries in the field as well that uh, meant that we had to shift guys around, even in the Conference USA tournament, you know, uh, when, when Brandt went down and, and we had to play Bradley at first. So uh, I'm, I'm happy with the direction of the program. I know it's given the high, high bar that's been set uh, over the past quarter century, uh, in Rice baseball. I know it's not a season that probably anybody is thrilled with, but um, given it's Coach Bragg's first year and, and knowing uh, the changes that he's trying to make, I'm, I'm extremely pleased, pleased with the direction that we're headed.
0: And sticking on that baseball front, I know something you'll be busy with here uh, in a few weeks is going back up to Omaha and, and being on the NCAA Selection Committee. And, again, it's it's weird to ask you something like this because you know a lot about your field, but do you continue to kind of notice things – because uh, I can't imagine what it's like to be in that room in such an important position. But how have you garnered more experience in that? Because it, uh, it's a high pressure, but still, I imagine, a fun process to be involved.
1: It's a lot of fun. And you get to spend time uh, with your colleagues across college athletics and get to know uh, the terrific work that they're doing and the members of the NCA staff do. And I mean, I, I guess all I can say is that uh, there are really thin margins that we're working with. And there are so many different criteria that you can use to evaluate teams. Um, you know, the RPI is an obvious one, but, you know, you can look at strengths of schedule, conference finish, um, you know, quality of conference. Uh, I mean, there are just so many different things that you can look at. So when you're trying to evaluate teams, either for the last teams that make the tournament in an at-large capacity or whether it's the top 16 seeds and how they shake out, it's just really thin margins that you're working with. And that, that makes... The decision's difficult, but at least you're doing it in a committee format where, you know, there's a there's a majority that rules at the end of the day.
0: Looking at other news outside of baseball, but a lot to be proud of uh, this year in the athletic scope, and uh, specifically in the spring. I know uh, I saw one note that. Um, we're the highest-ranked USA school as of this taping in the Director's Cup. And just there are some great individual accomplishments with tennis, but still some other uh, good team accomplishments. I know track had a, a pretty good uh, finish, and golf had a, a good individual report. So how, how do you gauge things on that
1: level? I think we had a good spring. I think we can be even better in the future. Um, you know, we had some individual accomplishments that you hope – Uh, turn into great team finishes in golf and track and field. Uh, While it's great to advance individuals to NCAA competition, you always want to be able to advance as a team. And I think we're building toward that in golf. And, uh, you know, they've got a young team with everybody back um, and an individual conference champion. And then, you know, women's track, uh, very similar. We've got most of our team back, and we had a couple uh, athletes uh, win uh, individual championships at the at the conference meet and, and move on to the NCAs and Michelle Fokum and Charlie Card Childers. So we're excited about that. Uh, tennis, women's tennis had a, a, a great conference championship win here at home, uh, sixth out of the last seven years that we've been able to win. Um, and on the men's side, I feel like, you know, we're building. Uh, again, Sumit played really well, and we had some uh, great individual accomplishments, but I feel like the men's tennis program is is headed in the right direction. And I think th- we won three conference titles this year. I think there's a there's a point in the near future in the next year or two where that number could easily be seven or eight.
0: On the football side of things, but still covering the whole athletic landscape and kind of segueing into facilities. Uh, it's borderline blown away. I don't get blown away by too much anymore being around this uh, for some length, but the uh, Robert L. Waltrip Indoor Training Center was announced in early May. So if you don't mind discussing just not only the I guess, specs of the project, but what it means to the student athletes, but also the community surrounding area and the campus?
1: Well, I mean, this started as a um, as Coach Bloomgren and I trying to find a solution to weather issues that we faced last fall in football that we think we're going to continue to face, maybe not to the degree that we did last fall. We were uh, basically weathered out of 25 to 30 practices last year. We had to put our teams on buses, take them down to uh, the Texans training facility, we lose 45 minutes of practice time. We have to be hyper efficient with how we run football practice because of class conflicts and the fact that you need, you know, you need your hundred guys there for a practice. It's, it's unlike, a, you know, working out the half milers on a, on a track team. So, um, so we started talking about ways that we could maybe um, uh, solve that problem on campus. We came up with this idea of trying to to do an indoor facility, a practice bubble here on campus. Uh, And from there, then it started to become a discussion about how it could benefit all of our varsity sports. Our soccer program, in particular, is a field sport, but then all our other sports from a conditioning standpoint and a training standpoint, and then how could we scale that to the rest of campus so that it would really benefit all of our student body, Uh, club sports, rec sports, and intramurals, as well as large campus events. Commencement had rain issues this year. You know, we think that uh, that we're going to be able to hold commencement in extreme weather cases in this facility. So I think it's it's really going to have great benefit uh, for the entire campus, and we're extremely uh, grateful to Mr. Waltrip for his, uh, for his lead gift in making this happen.
0: Heading into the summer months also means the end of the fiscal year on most calendars, but with uh, one month left, um, big time, I imagine, that uh, we've talked about in countless other interviews how this time of year, while people... Feel that there's not much going on. It's still vital for Shu and and his men and women under him that that do all the great fundraising. That uh, it's kind of a peak season for them.
1: Yeah, every year we set a goal for the Owl Club. We base our budget out off that goal, and then we try to you know we try to raise the money to hit the goal uh, and you know potentially exceed it. We've got one month left in our fiscal year. It's really important for people to renew. Uh, And if they can, um, extend their Owl Club gifts, you know, try and give a little bit more, try and give, uh, you know, uh, try and pledge out um, over the, the course of multiple years so that we can count on your gift in future years as well. Uh, You know, and that that repeated process of raising money every year establishes credibility. It establishes credibility in college athletics with conferences and and other programs. It establishes credibility uh, with the university if we can continue to hit at high levels in the Owl Club. So uh, it's a really important month for that group. Um, you know, to, to hit their goal.
0: And finally, I know we're up against it with our, our last question in this segment, but I uh, wanted to get an overall strategic plan update. But along with that, I know a big part of that is retaining elite level coaches. You did that with uh, Coach Langley. Um, one, kind of discuss your glee with that because I know you're really happy and we talked about in past interviews that, that bond that you two have, but just how that figures into the future of other things that tie into that, but still women's basketball, obviously.
1: She's an elite coach. Uh, we've known for some time that, uh, you know, that, that uh, other programs would attempt to hire her away from us. Uh, I think we've, you know, we've weathered that storm and we're able to sign her to a, to a new five-year contract. We're really excited about that. We think she's got uh, even even more to do here, you know, after an undefeated conference season, after 28-4. and that there's still more progress to be made, and she believes that and I think is emboldened by the challenge and excited to be here at Rice. And, you know, I think for us it's, uh, it's really about providing our student-athletes with the best possible experience that, that we can give them. And when you've got a coach who's as good as Coach Langley, to have continuity for them uh, is really big. So I think these student-athletes, I think I, I said this earlier, You know, they're learning lessons now uh, that some of some of which they realize it, you know, as soon as they learn it or they they take it for face value. But, you know, others, it'll be 10, 20, 30 years down the road when they'll finally say, wow, you know, I was really changed or I learned how to do this from spending four years with Coach Langley. So being able to keep her around our student athletes is really key. And I think it's a it's a great blueprint for our other programs as well as is, you know, how we can build success.
0: Got to a lot that first segment. Stay tuned. Coming up next, Joe sits down with uh, head volleyball coach Jenny Volpe. Stay tuned next here on the podcast.
1: We're back on the podcast with the head coach of the defending conference champion Rice women's volleyball team, Jenny Volpe. Jenny. Uh, Really good to have you on the podcast this month. And so I've been through six seasons with volleyball. And, uh, you know, I think as we've talked before uh, on previous podcasts, we've been oh so close to capturing that conference title a couple of times. But this year was really a magical ride, winning the regular season and tournament championship. When you think back on it, what was the key difference or differences this year uh, between uh, you know what you accomplished and, and maybe what was missing in previous years?
2: Well, I think, first of all, uh, the team worked extremely hard over the summer. They stayed the entire summer, both sessions, and so they spent a lot of time together. They worked very hard. They did a lot of open gyms together and built a lot of strong relationships with each other over the summer. Um, that had really started in the spring prior to that. Um, also we worked a lot on our off court game, you know, our relationships with each other, um, teammates really learning how each other, you know, ticks and works and what motivates them and just really spending more quality time together off the court to, to learn how they operate. And I think that really made a big difference. And then another thing too is just honestly we once we settled in on a starting lineup, we stayed relatively healthy. So that always helps when you stay healthy and um, you're able to, you know, build a rhythm and a consistency. And so a lot of those players were on the court together consistently. Um, We didn't have a lot of change in what we were doing. And so um, I think all of those things kind of came to that, came together really well and just uh, allowed us to be a lot more consistent than we had been in the past.
1: It seems to me in watching the team, too, that it's a group that really likes each other uh, and that the coaches and players really get along well. And, you know, your freshman class contributed to that kind of culture um, considerably this year. And knowing that, you know, you only had a small handful, two seniors last year. Uh, so you've got virtually everybody coming back. You've got a great recruiting class. Um, talk a little bit about your expectations for next season.
2: Well, our expectations are high. We've got, like you said, a lot of players coming back. There's a lot of experience. And, and then we also have quite a few newcomers as well, You know, four freshmen and a grad transfer. So um, I think that our team has really established a strong culture. Uh, leadership is strong. And we also have a lot of balance, uh, balance in talent and balance in responsibilities. So Um, I would say it's it's fair to say that our expectations are definitely high um, and we know that we have to put in a lot of work to continue to build upon the success that we had last season so we can't spend any time any more time really celebrating what we achieved last year it's you know we've moved on from that and recognize that even though when you return a lot of players it doesn't necessarily equal success so um Newcomers definitely make a difference. Uh, Chemistry will need to be strong. And um, so recognizing what worked for us last year and continuing those things, but also being honest and recognizing it is a different group. It is a different dynamic. And um, just continuing to learn from each other like we did last year um, with this new group of people.
1: One of the things I really love about your program is that um, you don't shy away from competition out of conference and that's, that, that's been true uh, as long as I've followed Rice Volleyball. And I know the schedule's not out officially this year, but can you talk a little bit about the, the teams that you're playing out of conference and some of the matchups that our fans can look forward to?
2: Yes, uh, we are definitely playing a strong schedule again and some tough matches on the road, but also some really exciting matches at home So we're going to open at Ole Miss in their tournament, and we play um, a team that is probably looking for a little revenge um, on us. They came here uh, in our tournament, and so we're going to go return there. They return a lot of players from last year's team. They were pretty young, so that's going to be a really strong match. And then we play Central Florida, who I believe their RPI ended up in the top 10. So very strong team there. And... We also go to Texas State, who um, we played a couple of times, and um, we played them in the NCAA tournament, and we play them at their place. So uh, they return quite a bit of players as well. Very strong team. So we're, we're excited about our, our first three matches right away um, are difficult. And then we get to host um, Texas and TCU so in the same week. So that will be a big, a big week for us.
1: We also have the uh, the conference tournament here uh, again this year. I know we were at Marshall last year. It's not the easiest place in Conference USA to get to. What does it mean for you and your program to host the conference tournament, particularly in light of the fact that we won it last year?
2: It means a lot to us. I mean, to be able to play at home, our team absolutely loves playing at home in front of our fans, and to play that event, you know, it's a it's a if you do it right, you're going to be in it all three days, and you're going to make it to the championship and to have our, our fans, um, our student body be able to come out, it should be a very exciting event. And uh, with so many seniors on our team, I think it's going to be very special. You know, we'll have six seniors on the team that will uh, get to play their final conference championship at Rice in Tudor House. So uh, it definitely means a lot to us, and we're hoping that it will prove to also be an advantage.
1: So the NCAA allows... Uh programs to take a foreign tour every couple of years and you guys have been working on this for the last few years and finally here in the next couple of weeks you get to go to Italy. Uh, So can you you talk a little bit about that trip? What's what's it going to involve both on the competition side and on the cultural side?
2: Sure, uh, we are departing Early June, so we're, we're training right now for that. We have a 10-day training segment, and then we are going to compete in four competitions over the 10 days that we are there. So it is quite a bit of volleyball. We'll get one practice in and then four competitions. Uh, we're going to compete against the Italian Junior National Team, the Italian National B Team, and two club teams. And so we're flying into Venice. We'll get to do a little sightseeing uh, when we get there. I'm sure the jet lag will be kicking in, but we're going to work through it. We'll practice immediately, and then um, we'll compete the next day. Uh, We also go to Milan and uh, Luca Piccia, and I don't know if I said that right. but (laughs) And then, of course, we get to go to Rome, and uh, that'll be really exciting to finish up in Rome, and we get to play a competition there and do a lot of sightseeing. So um, it's definitely nice to be able to train together before that uh, trip. It, it gives our newcomers are coming with us. And so uh, it gives us a nice time to kind of integrate them into our, our system and uh, get to see what they can do early on. And it gives us an idea as coaches of what we're going to need to work on in our preseason. Do
1: you do Rosetta Stone or anything before you go? Or just a couple of Latin – Words that we talked about before the podcast, ciao and vino. Is that, yeah. That's that's what you know right now.
2: My Italian, definitely. I need. I need to. I think my my husband bought me the um, a book called uh, Learn Italian for Dummies or something like that. Like quick quick learning. So I don't know how much. Um, we're, we're planning on enjoying the the culture and the food and um, super excited about the trip and really really thankful and grateful that we get to experience that trip. And we had a lot of people um, help support that trip. So uh, definitely appreciate that. And we're really excited.
1: Well, congratulations on a really successful year. And I'm, I'm excited for you guys to go to Italy. And, and I'm excited to hear all the stories about your trip. And, and best of luck uh, on the foreign tour on, on the upcoming season.
2: Thank you very much. And we'll be blogging and doing social media um, from Italy. So uh, it'd be fun to look for that.
1: That's Rice Women's Volleyball Coach Jenny Volpe here on the AD Podcast.
0: We're back. Very fun portion of the podcast. The whole thing is fun, but uh, it's where we get a chance to hear from you. And uh, Joe will answer. I can attest. He will answer any question that you shoot his way. Uh, RiceAthletics at rice.edu is the email, our fan Q&A segment. This covers uh, most everything that uh, we haven't talked about yet in some overlap. But uh, first question, Joe, what do you find different in your new strategic plan versus what you presented as your pillars of success when you first arrived at Rice, and how will that change uh, your priorities as a program?
1: When I got here in 2013, I spent maybe six months putting together uh, the new vision for Rice Athletics, which included four pillars and, and then some associated goals and strategies, and it was really a, a plan that I built, um, I don't want to say in a vacuum, but I, I had built largely by myself uh, and tested some of those concepts with uh, with trustees and donors and and coaches Um, but I wrote it uh, in isolation and I think the strategic plan that we did this past year and really we spent about 12 months of twice as much time building this was built Uh, as a senior staff. uh, I was led by Tanner Gardner and his experience um, doing plans of this type when he worked for the Boston Consulting Group and in fact we got a little bit of help from BCG uh, in writing our strategic plan and then we went out uh, as uh, as well as we could to our fans, donors, parents, coaches, student athletes. We got interviews from uh, more than 70 people face-to-face and we, I think, got survey responses from more than 1,200 people. So I really feel like we incorporated more of the Rice fan or Rice constituent feedback into this plan. There's also more specificity to this plan, uh, and it's time-bounded. So I feel like, um, you know, it's, it, some of the elements are similar. I mean, we're trying to build our brand uh, uh, in this strategic plan. That was part of the new vision for Rice Athletics. The student-athlete experience is at the center of both the new vision for ice athletics and vision for victory. So uh, there's some overlap, but I really feel like this is a plan that will uh, create, if if we fulfill all of the objectives in the plan, we're going to create a singular uh, excellent experience for student athletes that will be so much different and so much better than what's offered across the country that I think it will be really exciting and help move the entire department forward. Another
0: fan asked, we had an exceptional year for women's sports. How do we keep that up? and replicate that same success
1: in men's sport? Well, we've got some great coaches on the women's side. You know, uh, Jenny Volpe, who we just talked to, has been here for 15 years. Uh, you know, Elizabeth Schmidt, um, we, we talked about her earlier, too, having won six of seven conference championships and been to the NCAAs eight straight years. And now we've signed Tina Langley to a new five-year contract. So having elite-level coaches and continuity has helped us on the women's side. And I feel like on the men's side, we've got three um, fairly new coaches in Mike Bloomgren who just finished up his first year Scott Parra who finished up his second year and Matt Braga who just finished up his first year and I feel really good about the direction that they're taking these programs from a recruiting standpoint from who they're hiring uh, as assistant coaches to the way that they're training uh, our players I I feel like uh, you know in the next year or two we're going to start to see some some real success from those programs that will replicate what we've seen on the women's side recently
0: Third question, can you explain what SIGs are, S-I-G-S? How do they work, how are funds stewarded, and uh, how are funds distributed? And then they ask, should I give their or the Owl Club?
1: So SIG is a sport interest group. Um, We've got basically a fundraising account for each of our teams. Um, You know, we basically have 12 programs if you treat track uh, as one program. And they each have their own fundraising account. And I I view the SIGs as project-based fundraising accounts. So if we need a, a new piece of technology or a new piece of equipment or we're going on a foreign tour like volleyball is to Italy, the SIG is a great place for us to raise money for those programs. Um, the Owl Club is, is uh, a general fund for all of our athletic programs. And the great thing about Owl Club funding is when you give to the Owl Club, we're able to pool resources and do really big things. So like we're launching uh, the SOAR Network Uh, which is a a career development and mentorship program run by J.P. Abercrombie. And, you know, having the ability to do that for all of our student-athletes is something that the OWL Club provides that the SIGs can't necessarily provide. So... I'd say, you know, we, we want you to give to the Owl Club. SIGs are important for specific things that we may need along the way. And if you have an interest in a particular sport, I'd consult with that head coach on what their priorities are. But you can always be assured that if you give to the Owl Club, we're going to be able to pool those resources to do some really great things for all of our student-athletes.
0: Another great topical question. Uh, with the NCAA forming a working group to discuss student-athlete name, image, uh, likeness, compensation, do you believe compensating student athletes further is inevitable
1: um i'm not sure that it is you know i think we've been we've been teetering that way um i I think the the idea that student athletes would be able to make money off autographs or they'd be able to uh endorse a restaurant or car dealership um is you know that's where the olympic model went uh the uh aspiring olympians were considered amateurs for many many years and then you know in the late 1970s that all changed and you know now you see olympians like michael phelps endorsing adidas and speedo and making millions of dollars so uh, i think it's possible that we could move to that um, later for for student athletes but i do think there will always be segments of college athletics where student athletes are not compensated where they they function as true students and true amateurs and So, you know, even if that does happen, I still think there'll be opportunities for true amateur athletics at the college level.
0: And our final question, um, could you discuss the changes of Shop Rice Owls um, going mobile? Uh, Could you talk about that?
1: So for uh, about a year, we had a a storefront in Rice Village uh, called Shop Rice Owls. Uh, It was a, for us, it was an experiment to see, um, you know, retail has changed a lot over the last decade. And, you know, you see less and less of the, the storefronts working uh, and more and more of the traditional retailers using online shopping as, as their primary tool to deliver merchandise to their consumers. And so uh, we wanted to experiment with having a storefront. We found that it worked uh, very, very well at certain on certain days and at certain times of the year. And other times of the year it didn't work as well. Um, we also got some really good feedback on how we could um, – better serve our customers online uh, with an enhanced mobile site um, and with better offerings that are on our website. So we've decided to uh, basically take Shop Rice Owls and make it a mobile store. So we're still going to have it in Rice Village. We're going to pre-announce the dates where it'll be open so that if people want to go buy merchandise and try things on or look at things and, you know, kind of touch and feel the merchandise, they can do that it's going to be pretty easy for them to find out when those opportunities exist. And then, of course, we'll still have the campus bookstore, and you know, we'll have our, our stores available um, on game days as well, like the, the store that we have in, in Rice Stadium. Um, and then you know, having a more mobile-friendly site as people uh, transition from using you know, less and less of a standard desktop computer to buying merchandise on their phone I think will enable people to, to really get exactly what they want in, a, in an easy and convenient way. Uh, so that we have more people uh, wearing the race gear that they want, and uh, we, we do it on a, on a broader basis. That completes another edition
0: of the podcast, and I want to say year two or three calendar year or school year of doing the podcast, somewhere around there we were counting up beforehand, but thanks for everything, and I hope to make it up to Omaha, take you up on those tickets, but uh, thanks for everything, and uh, have a relaxing summer, okay?
1: Yeah, I just want to take a second to thank you, JP, too, uh, for all the great work you've done. Um, You know, you do a terrific job as a play-by-play voice for all of our sports, and I've really enjoyed working with you on the podcast. So thank you. You do a terrific job, and, um, you know, I look forward to working with you in the future.
0: means a lot. Thank you very much for that. And uh, stay tuned. We'll have more uh, later on this summer. But uh, go Owls, and we'll talk to you soon.